1: A bus full of passengers sees something out of this world. And then we travel back to the year 1947 to take a trip on a plane that is fated to crash. British Airways Stardust was a tiny plane trying to climb over the Andes Mountains. And just before the plane disappeared, it sent off a cryptic Morris code. Stendek. Stendec, Stendec. today on dead rabbit radio hey everyone welcome back to another episode of dead rabbit radio i'm your host jason carpenter i'm having a great day hope you guys are having a great day too here's a little behind the scenes nugget i'm recording <laughs> that was weird i'm recording this episode right after i recorded last episode my idiot friend thought it would be real funny to get an appendix infection during a worldwide pandemic. So she's on the verge of having to go to the ER for surgery. Hopefully, it's not an appendix infection. And she just has horrible abdominal pain. A bomb? What's the, Abdominal. Ad, ad, the abdomen. The, dang it. Hopefully, she just. The, the pain that she's feeling is not that serious in her region between her boobies and her waist but there's a there's a pretty big chance i'm gonna be at an er later today or tomorrow so i wanted to get out today's episode so i could be with my friend while she's going through that again hopefully there's nothing wrong the reason why i'm letting you guys know that is one you guys probably be like dude he sounds just as bad as he did yesterday no 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 trust me i'll feel better tomorrow because i'll sleep in a better position too if anything huge happens in the next 24 hours and it's not addressed on this episode that's why so there we go so that's why this that's why my voice sounds the same and hopefully I have nothing but prayers for my friend who while she's going through this and it would be awesome if you guys could share either prayers or goodwill with her as well sabine we hope everything works out and uh we'll keep you guys updated but First off, let us go ahead, and we are going back to Argentina. Now, I've said a lot of times this podcast is one of the biggest podcasts in Argentina right now. It's crazy. And actually, the new stats have come out. No joke, in the true crime category, this podcast is the 75th podcast in the world, guys. In the, And I know what you're thinking. This isn't a true crime podcast. Shh, don't tell them that. Shh. It's kind of true crime. Kind of true crimey, right? huge huge so thank you everyone for listening to the show but we have a huge listenership in argentina and recently i did a story about argentinian cryptids and they were all just giant sloths not a lot of stuff going on down there but i kept looking for my argentina bros and gals right i got your back and for this one i'm giving the keys to the carpenter copter to one of my longest time patreons Chris Kilborn, Give it up for Chris Kilborn. Actually, he was the one who inspired me to set up the Patreon in the first place. And I want to give a shout out to the people who have been supporting the Patreon all this time. I don't want to do just one shout out and then that's it. Because I appreciate your support. So, Chris Kilborn, you got the keys of the Carpenter Copter. Actually, we're not doing the Carpenter Copter for this first segment. So, put the keys in your pocket. We're taking a bus trip. We're going to Argentina. And we're in this bus, it's 1986, it's springtime, it's beautiful outside. We're all sitting in the back of the bus, just chilling. That's the only cool place to sit in a bus, right? You gotta sit in the back, right? That's totally dope. Isn't that where Rosa Parks sat? Oh, no, 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 she was supposed to sit in the back. So, it's it's only cool if you, or did she have to leave the bus? There's my American education system going. No, I think she was sitting in the front. And some white dude jumped on and it said, you need to get to the back of the bus. And she goes, no, my feet hurt. And then I don't remember what. Oh, she gets arrested. So if you choose to sit at the front of the bus, go ahead. I will yell from the back of the bus because I'm still going to be cool sitting back here. So we're on the bus in Argentina and we're driving down the road. Chris is the bus driver. Chris is driving the bus down the road. He's like, dang it, I want to drive the car copter. I've been supporting you all this time. Don't worry, don't worry. Driving the bus down the road. We're going to Tobosi or Tabasi, which sounds better. Tabasi, it's a town in the Entre Rios region of Argentina. Middle of the day, just driving the bus. And there's like this hill, which happens, you know, there's a lot of hills all over the world. Not just Argentina, there's a hill. There's like power lines and stuff. Again, not unique to the country of Argentina. And there's this guy standing on top of the hill underneath a power line. Now, that's not a big deal, right? A lot of people stand. It's It's a free world. People can stand wherever they want. Unless you're in Tiananmen Square. It's okay to stand places. But for whatever reason, everyone on the bus felt compelled to look at this dude. And he's not looking at any of them. He's staring straight up at the power lines. So a little little odd, right? But not, hey, everyone, look, out this window, there's a guy looking up at the power lines. But people felt compelled to stare at this guy. The bus starts to slow down thinking it's a passenger. Might be, right? Starts to If if buses didn't stop to pick up weirdos, there'd never be anyone on a bus. The bus starts to slow down. And everyone on the bus gets a little like a little knot in their stomach. Oh, what? Oh my. Everyone gets a little scared. The man standing on the side of the road looks into the bus. He's no longer looking at the power line. He looks in the bus. And that's when the people get the full scope of what's going on. This isn't the size of a normal man. He's small. He's not three apples high, but he's not like, what's the average height? Five foot eleven, five foot 10, something like that. Shorter than that. <laughs> that's a, that's, I know that's a big variance, but he's short, okay? Short dude. He's not wearing normal clothes. He's wearing a silver suit. And he has what's described as big cuffs on. Now, I don't know if those are like big old, like, Dracula cuffs, if that's a thing. You know, like those those cuffs that uh, Count Duckula had. That's an obscure reference. You guys are like, that's even, that's even more confusing. I, I know what cuffs look like. I don't know who Count Duckula is. Or, let alone what his cuffs look like. Anyways. He has Count Ducula cuffs, or I wonder if he had, like, broken, like, space handcuffs. That's how I imagined it. Other than the Count Ducula thing, I imagine it, like, psh, like he broke free of space cuffs. Anyways, the point is, he had giant eyeballs, a big, bold head. And he's looking at the people in the bus. And fear so intensely overcomes, and fear so intensely overcomes the bus driver, he floors it, and peels out, and everyone just looks. And the man is just staring at them. As they drive away. Now, Argentina, you guys, you guys got to do me some favors, bro, because it took me a long time to even find that one. Argentina, come on, guys, you gotta, you gotta help me out. Our next story takes place in Argentina too, but come on, guys. Okay, that one is a little weird. That one is a little weird. But dude, come on, guys. <laughs> giant sloths and what is most likely most likely this was a bald short man waiting for a bus in the middle of nowhere and it drove away from him that's what most likely happened this is listed on thinkaboutitdocs.com they have this big repository of ufo encounters this is listed there argentina come on bro come, you you got to you got to help me out you, you really got to help me out i do like this story because it takes place in the middle of the day Multiple witnesses. But at the end of the day, it's probably just some dude standing in a field. Big eyes. I mean, were they like gray alien big eyes? Were they precious moment big eyes? Were they bug eyes? Who knows? But anyways, this guy to this day is still standing in that field with his Count Ducky cuffs on. I almost should offer a prize to who can ever find me the best Argentina ghost story. Uh, Argentina... Ghost story, UFO story, or cryptid. Who, okay, we'll do that. Whoever can give me the best story from Argentina, and we'll have this contest going for, I don't know, a month, I will give you something. I'll send you something. We'll work out the details, but you'll get something from me. Something, I don't know. I actually, my friend Lana has made some rabbit-themed stuff for the podcast that I have sitting here. Maybe I'll give you one of those things. Or maybe I'll, I'll give you something. I'm just not gonna like wave over the podcast. I'll send you like I'll, autog- I'll autograph someone else's book and send it to you. Find me something now. Before you guys start looking for Argentina stuff, we're about to cover a very unique Argentine story here. Very unique Argentine story. So, so that's the interesting thing about Argentina. They have a bunch of stuff, bunch of giant sloths, and this bald guy standing on a street corner. But then also in their cryptids, they had the first ever microscopic cryptid. I've never covered that before, and this one is a very interesting. Story as well. Fire up that carpenter copter, Chris. We are headed up to the Andes. That's a little storm sound for us. It's August 2nd, 1947. A little bit after 5 p.m. The Stardust is a British Airways plane traveling from Buenos Aires to Santiago, Chile. It's a little guy. It's a little plane. If you had to draw a picture of a plane equivalent of the little train that could, you draw this plane. It was a little plane. Six passengers, five crew. Eleven people in total. You can do math. The plane (laughs) is flying up. It has to cross the Andes to get to Santiago, Chile. It does this all the time. Planes go up and down these mountains all the time. It's not the safest job in the world. But what are you gonna do? Right? You're gonna take uh llamas up all over the place? No, you gotta fly over the mountains. This plane we're in 1947. This plane is being piloted and crewed by World War II veterans. Now, I know what you're thinking. The story takes place in Buenos Aires. Are they Nazi veterans? Not as far as I could tell. Not as far as I could tell. I believe they're all British veterans because it's the British Airways. Although you get a little you get you got a little suspicious there when I was doing the research. I was like, hmm. They're like, yes, yes, these are all members of the Waffen, what was it, the Waffen Division. Anyways, they're flying, and actually that kind of plays into it a little bit. So they're British, they're British veterans, I believe. I wasn't able to find a clarification on that. But they're flying up over the Andes. Four minutes before the plane's supposed to land in Santiago, and these six people are going to, disembark and these five other people are going to go reconstruct Hitler's brain in a laboratory somewhere the radio operator at the Santiago airport gets a Morse code message and what it says is ETA Santiago 1745 hours so we're expecting to land in four minutes they're sending this out at 541 again you can do -do 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 math but Morse code says ETA Santiago 17.45 hours Stendek. Stendek. The guy at the radio control booth is like, what, what? okay, what? what? What do you mean? Now, he gets the first part of it, obviously. This isn't his first day on the job. It means we're going to be landing in four minutes. Stendek, though. He never heard of this before. Punched out on Morse code. When he, Morse, is back, what, 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 what are you guys saying? He gets two responses. Stendek. Stendek. And then nothing. The plane never lands. It starts to become a bit of a international incident because the people on this flight were basically I read this article in the vintage did a great article on this, you can find in the show notes. They said the crew of the flight basically seemed like people out of an Agatha Christie novel or a spy novel. There was all sorts of weirdos on this plane. You had a Palestinian on the, that's not, that that alone doesn't, what, those Palestinians, that alone doesn't make him a weirdo. You had a Palestinian who, I have to add this in, who supposedly had a very valuable diamond sewn into his clothing. You had a British diplomat on this plane who was carrying a briefcase full of documents, diplomatic secrets, that he was headed to an embassy with. You had a German woman on the plane and she supposedly had her husband's ashes, which doesn't necessarily seem suspicious in and of itself, but that opened up rumors to theories that the other people on this plane were like fleeing Nazis or that she was a Nazi and she was leaving. So we had all this stuff going on and people thought, people immediately thought when this plane does not land, because it's supposed to land in four minutes, they learned very quickly that this thing was missing. Sabotage. Somebody took out because of the diplomats on there. Someone else goes, no, no, no. It was about the diamond. Someone else was trying to steal which would be a pretty bad plan. Aha, I got the diamond. The plane crashes. Like, that's that's not a really good theft thing. Was this part of your plan, Bane? Like, it just, that would be a bad... But, I mean, maybe he jumped out. But anyway, so you had all this stuff, and then people thought people were faking their deaths, there were Nazis on the plane, and they were trying to, you know, escape deeper into South America. Things like that. They wanted to make it look like they were dead. So... You had all of these rumors going on, and you basically had two groups. You had the media going, what in the world happened? High-level people, mysterious people died on this plane. The plane is gone. They're assuming they're dead because the plane is simply gone, right? So you you had these groups trying to figure out what could happen. Was it sabotage? Was it theft? Was it a cover-up? And then you had a bunch of people wondering, what in the world does deck mean? Is it some sort of warning? What's going on? And you had all sorts of theories. Some people said the guy was trying to type in descent Because if you scramble up the words of Stendek, it's an anagram of descent. But people would go, that's not how Morse code works. Morse code is not, the, it doesn't work like that. Like if you would have to seriously mess up your Morse code rather than spell something wrong to get it that way. You had a bunch of, and, and someone goes, let's say he did make an error and was trying to write descent and typed in Stendek. He would have had to make the error multiple times. And this guy was a trained veteran of aircraft. So the fact that he's making the same mistake over and over again, doesn't correct himself, that is the thing. A lot of people came forward and said, we think it's an anagram for something. We had severe turbulence encountered, now descending, emergency crash landing. People said that that is a World War II phrase. However, others have said that is not a common phrase, if it was used at all. Definitely wasn't a phrase that, if you used it, you would not... Assume someone else who know because it, it would be fairly obscure. Also, he said seventeen forty five. Like I am going with ETA. We're landing in four minutes. Then why would he say we're crashing? We're crashing. We're crashing. The other one was um, Stardust. Tank empty. No diesel. Expect crash. People are like <laughs> why would you make up an acronym that the first letter is the name of your plane? You would really be assuming. Like, that's just way, it doesn't make sense. But people were really trying to come up with anything that Stendek could mean. Because it was the last clue of what happened to the ship. There's another version of Stendek means Santiago Tower, even Navigator, doesn't exactly know. What? I mean, now you're just making stuff up. Plus, Stendek ends with a C. So you're just kind of making stuff up at this point. The point is, is that there's a lot of theories of what Stendek meant. Nobody could ever figure it out. And then the mystery gets weirder. I said earlier this was a British Airways plane. This plane went missing in 1947. 1948, the British Airlines plane, Star Tiger, vanishes mid-flight. 1949, British Airways Star Aerial vanishes in mid-flight. Some people thought that the company itself was being sabotaged, running some sort of insurance scam. Who knows? But Star Tiger disappeared a year later. Star Ariel disappeared a year after that. Both of those planes disappeared over the Bermuda Triangle. And were some of the earliest planes that went missing in that area that started the story of the Bermuda Triangle. Passenger planes flying over this area, no. vanishing off the face of the earth. So now you have one airline that's lost three planes in three years, disappeared completely. What does Stendek mean? A UFO magazine in in Argentina went by the name Stendek. I don't know if they're still around, but the word Stendek became so synonymous with Fortean or mysterious activities that it became shorthand for it. Three planes go missing, all owned by the same company. Two over the Bermuda Triangle, really at the start of that whole story. One over the Andes. 51 years later, 1998. These two mountaineers are climbing up Mount Tupungato. It's a giant glacier. One of the tallest mountains in the America. You you like my notes? I got off Wikipedia. They're mountaineering. They're walking around up in the snow. Stick in the ground. Stick in the ground. Stick in the ground. Stick in the what? Piece of clothing. Up on this mountain, what I thought we were the first ones up here, Oh man, Look at someone's jacket, Hey, Gus, over here. here!'s an engine buried in the snow. They report it, but you know it's at the top of a mountain. So what are you going to do? Two years later in the year two thousand? Argentinian army goes up there, start looking around, poking around. They find a propeller, they find plane wheels. They find human torsos preserved in the ice. DNA sent and tested, matched against relatives. These were the remains of the people of Stardust. So this is the theory. The plane was flying. It thought it had clearance. It smashed right into the side of the mountain, caused an avalanche. Complete. Because they looked, for, they went looking for the plane. They weren't just like, oh, it's six minutes late. It's supposed to be here four minutes ago. Oh well, Stendek. They went looking for the plane. They couldn't find it. The plane they believe hit the mountain head on, and then caused an avalanche, which completely buried it. And as the, over the next 51 years, the snow was settling and moving down the mountain. The debris was actually going down the mountain as well. Getting exposed, snow melting, stuff like that. And that was that, right? It's interesting to think, you wonder if anyone survived, th- that's kind of grim, but I wonder if anyone survived the impact. And they just kind of had to like live in a, live in an iceberg for a while. And then you just kind of die. You just kind of die after a certain point. You're like, I wonder if, I mean, again, that's kind of grim, but it's like, you could live for a while. People lived in igloos and stuff like that. Of course, igloos don't fly at 700 miles an hour and crash into stuff. I mean, igloos, people build them and then go inside of them. They don't fly and smash everyone, turn everyone into jelly. But if you survive the initial impact, I bet you could hang out in that, that glacier for a while and just hang out. I don't know. It's mean, not like you have a great standard of living. You're underneath 30 feet of ice. I guess your oxygen would be. But anyways, maybe someone tunneled their way out. Maybe some someone tunneled their way out into the great Nazi utopia that's underneath the Andes. They're like, "Oh, welcome, welcome here. Thank you for bringing Hitler's the rest of Hitler's brain." Yes, my masters, the Nazi mole people. But for the most part, I think that they probably all died. And I don't think I'm, I don't think it's controversial saying that. Now they all died on impact. Horrible. But after 51 years, they finally did have an answer to one part of the puzzle. The plane crashed. It didn't disappear off the face of the earth. But to this day, nobody knows what Stendek means. People are still trying to figure it out. Just because you found the remains of a plane doesn't necessarily mean you can discount alien intervention. If you went to the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle and you found every boat and plane that had crashed in there, it doesn't mean everyone was a bad pilot or it was a bad stormy day that day. It's just a graveyard. It'd be the equivalent of if somebody went missing and then you found them dead later, you're not going to think, oh, maybe, maybe they just happened to have a heart attack the same time they were missing. You're going to start looking for suspects over who caused them to go missing or who may have caused them to crash. Now, the most likely scenario is they just crashed into a mountain. It's foggy, it's stormy. Couldn't really see. Crash in the mountain. Everyone died. An interesting mystery with a possible easy answer. A plane crash. Everyone died. And if it wasn't for those mountaineers on that particular day, we probably would have gone another 20 years without finding out what happened to Stardust. But then you look at the other things. Three planes missing. Three years. All from the same company. Two over the Bermuda Triangle. We may have found the wreckage of the Stardust. But will we ever find an answer to that ill-fated plane's last words? Stendek. Radio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash Radio. Twitter is at Radio dead rabbit radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but i'm glad you listened to it today have a great day guys have a great weekend be healthy be safe i love you guys and i will see you later